Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. You know, technology that we have is great, obviously. We're in a, we're in a much better spot technologically wise. Yeah. But being able to not get a hold of someone... Kind of miss that. Kinda, yeah. I kind of miss like not being inundated with just information all the time. Hopping on a bike and just going for a bike ride in the neighborhood with your friends and just being gone for yeah, hours. Dude, our parents had no idea. Right. It's a miracle <laughs> that we didn't all end up kidnapped or dead. Yeah. Or both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kidnapped. And, I mean, it happened more frequently. For sure. Because, <laughs> like... For sure it happened more frequently. Because it was just, like, be home by the time the streetlights come on. Basically, yeah. Which, and in, like, the summer, that's, like, 9 o'clock. Yeah. I'm in, like, third grade <laughs> running around till 9 o'clock with my friends. Yeah. And, like, we grew up in a, a small town, or sure. I grew up in a small town. So, I, I, you know, I imagine it'd be different if we were, like, in a big city like New York or something. You know, for me, it wasn't. In Indiana, I grew up on the outskirts of, well, I grew up in Evansville, Indiana, which is, I think, the third largest city in Indiana. Okay. Not that Indiana has huge cities, but... Bigger than a small town in central Pennsylvania, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely bigger than that. We were in the spot of the city where, like, if you go in a couple, if you go a couple blocks in one direction, then you're in a really nice part of Evansville. Yeah. But if you go in a couple blocks in the other direction... You're kind of in a sketchy spot in Evansville. We didn't really have to deal with much in that way other than two drive-by shootings and somebody throwing rocks through our windows. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So my parents were happy to leave that place. I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. I kind of missed it. because <laughs> You miss all the drive-bys and the <laughs> rocks going through your windows? <laughs> I missed how flat Indiana was. Pennsylvania. I miss it. I miss feeling alive. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember I was sitting down on the couch just watching the Power Rangers. And then the front of our house had like a nine foot square window, just like this massive window. Okay. In the front of the house. Maybe nine feet is is a bit much. Maybe it was like a six foot square window. Yeah, like a big bay window. Yeah. Is that what they call As a it? kid it was a massive window. I don't know if it's actually that big. But it was a it was much larger than a standard window. And I just remember hearing that thing shatter. And my mom comes running down the steps and she goes like, what was that? And like the wind is blowing because the outside is now <laughs> just exposed into the house. And there was a bullet. It was a bullet that just went through our. Wow. Yeah. It went through our front window. Really? Yeah. And went into the wall. When we moved, the bullet hole was still in the wall. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My yeah, parents can't get, didn't, can't get my rid parents of that. parents didn't even patch it up. Yeah. You can't get rid of that. <laughs> now that I'm That's thinking. character to your home. What are you talking about? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, that'd have been a simple, quick patch job. <laughs> yeah. That'd have been such a quick. Why didn't they just patch that up before they sold it? <laughs> that is silly. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, adds character. They were just like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing anything else to this house. Get us out of here. Yeah, man. The 90s. What a time. You consider your parents are like maybe secretly spies or something? (laughs) Did you guys pack up all your bags in the back of your car and leave in the middle of the night? (laughs) You know what, though? My dad was kind of an OG. Was your dad really looking in the rearview mirror like... Way too much. Way like, too much. All, <laughs> who's all the time. We did move a lot. We did move a lot in high school. Oh, well, when I was in high school. But it was always like once we moved to York County, they started flipping houses. But I remember one time, I think it was when a rock was thrown through the window. That window got broken a lot. Uh, a rock was thrown through that window. I think my dad got in the car and drove after the dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. 
dads used to be so tough. Right. Dude, a kid, one time these older kids I had, it was the coolest toy. I was probably like six. And I was out on the out on the sidewalk out front of our uh, apartment. Yeah. It was the coolest toy. It was like a remote control car. Okay. But it was a fighter jet. It was like an F-16. That's So cool. it like rolled around on the ground. Sure. But it was a remote control car. Yeah. F-16. It was so badass. It was my pride and joy as like a six-year-old. And some big kids came by and like ran over it with their bike. What? And I went in. I went into the house. And I was like, they broke it. They yeah. broke it. And so same thing. Me and my dad went up. And we had a basketball court because we were right next to the park okay. in the town. And there was a basketball court. And we walked up. I'm like, that's them. They were playing They were playing <laughs> basketball. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and my dad. <laughs> and like, it's all but getting physical with these. Like, they were probably, in my mind, they were 25. Sure. They were probably like 13, though. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, hey, did you break my kid's stuff? And like, grabbed the kid by his shirt. And I was like, scared the shit out of these kids. That's awesome. That's so cool. Oh. Yeah. Dads were way tougher when we were kids. Sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the 90s. That was a time. So much better than 2020. It was a great time. Although, mesh shirts, I'm kind of glad those have gone away. Sure. Yeah. The neon colors, definitely. Yeah. We don't have those anymore. Or not nearly as much. That's nice, too, I guess. Scrunchies. Scrunchies, yeah. Slap bracelets. Oh, I think they're kind of making a comeback. Are they? You know what else is making a comeback? Mullets. I approve of that. I love yeah. a good mullet. I really do. We've got so many kids in school that have mullets. It's crazy. It's very cool. I, I like a mullet. I think it's a good look, honestly. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere on God's green earth, where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host, Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He's a four-star general in the Get Wrecked army, <laughs> and he's here to give it to you. Such a large army. <laughs> it's Micah. It's a two-man army. Yeah, but... two-man army. That's right. <laughs> but we're recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> Offering promotions, too. Real quick. Yeah. yeah, man. Not a great starting pay, but... No. No, we'll make you work. But we and... do have benefits. Not like insurance or time off or anything like that. Just high fives, mostly. Yeah, and you get to know us, and uh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, everybody but probably our wives would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what are we uh, what are we getting into, Thor? Oh, today we are going plan? over one of my favorite movies as a kid, and actually still to this day I love this movie. Okay. I, I don't think it's a particularly good movie because I think it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going over Tank Girl from 1995. Based on the comic strip of the same name. So, first impressions. What are you What are you thinking about Tank Girl? Um, all right, so initial thoughts on this. When I was watching it, the tone of the movie was very strange to me. I couldn't quite place a finger on how I felt about it. Because it's this dystopian type of thing. But the movie opens up with her riding an ox or a yak of some sort. Oh, yeah. And with like the with yak. neon pink yeah. and green yeah. goggles. goggles. <laughs> oh, hey, folks. As always, big spoiler alert. The movie's 30 years old, so I don't feel like I should have to, but just in case you have not watched this movie yet, go yeah. watch it and then we'll, come back and listen. Yeah, we'll probably we'll probably discuss some some things that happen in the, in the movie here. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, the ox starts out with the ox. He's got his awesome goggles on. Yeah. And it's so I wasn't sure how I felt about it because the main character, um, I forget what her actual name is. It's Lori Petty. Well, yeah. So that's the a actor. 
Oh, but, the character's yeah, name? Rebecca. That's what it was, yeah. Because I just kept thinking of her as Tank Girl. Yeah. And looking through the IMDb, everybody else um, just had Jet Girl or Sub Girl yeah. as their names. Yeah. But I, I remember them saying her name. But yeah. Um, she was just manic almost through the whole movie. And oh, yeah. It was just a weird film. And it took me... Honestly, probably until the kangaroos got came in for me to start enjoying the movie. Once they came in, I was like, all right, I kind of get what this movie's doing. Like, it's it's just silly and kind of violent, but in a silly way. At its core, this movie is a comedy. I think it oftentimes gets lumped in. It's like it's a cult classic. It's a science fiction. It's action Mm -hmm. at its core. This is a comedy movie based in a post-apocalyptic sci-fi kind of world. Yeah. You know we love you know we love post-apocalyptic around here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was just some some strange stuff. Like there were some scenes in the movie that I about halfway through the scene I'm like, "Why is this still happening? Like why is this going <laughs> on? <laughs> why why is like there's a whole dance routine where she like cra- I, I don't even know why she was in there, but she crashes this ball of some sort and gets all the singers to start like lining up and dancing. Yeah, there's a random musical number. Yeah, there's a random yes. musical number in the movie, and I'm just watching it. And actually, my wife was watching it with me, and I was like, I don't understand the point to this part of the film in particular. <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to go along with the fact that she's wild and manic yeah. and... Also, keep in mind, at this point in time, when it came to quote-unquote comic book movies, yeah. it pretty much had, like, Batman, right, Superman. Superman movies, yeah. I don't really know if people were doing... Really obscure com- stuff, comic like... Comic book movies. Yeah, and like so, Howard the Duck was around, yeah. but how many people know that that's a superhero movie? Yeah. Or a comic book movie, really? So, I have not read the comic strip, but I'm assuming it's probably kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek and very silly... That's what it seemed um, to be. So yeah. I think they really did their best to try and transfer, transfer the that feel. Kind of... Yeah, transfer the feel of the comics mm-hmm. to the movie. Sure. Yeah, I think if I were to watch it as a kid, I would have probably loved it as a kid. And I probably would have a deep sense of nostalgia over it as as an adult. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was in love with Tank Girl as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. In I, love. That scene where she's like cutting her fishnets and cutting her like, uh, God, what the overalls. Oh, yeah. In, it's one of the first scenes. Mm-hmm. Dude, a young Thor. <laughs> was like, he had a pillow over his lap watching that scene many <laughs> oh, times. Okay. So we're in love with Tank Girl. Tank Girl. The movie yeah, Tank yeah, Girl. Yeah, yeah. No, genuinely Tank genuinely Girl. Genuinely Tank Girl. Genuinely Tank Girl. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. That's fair. My three favorite movies as a kid. Yeah. Tank Girl, The Fifth Element, and Terminator 2. Okay. All three of those movies I have a deep, deep love for. And genuinely, I can't... They're movies, that's why I say, I don't know if they're good. Right. Because I love them. I think they're <laughs> great. And part of that is because I watched them so many times as a kid, and I have such great love for them. Yeah, out of those three movies, I would say probably the best one technically is Terminator 2. I'd say that that's the case. And then I think I would go Fifth Element, and then I think it would go Tank Girl, just as far as, like, cinematography-wise. Oh, I would agree. I don't know if you caught it. I mean, there is definitely some wacky, silly stuff in this that... And not not in that the storyline is wacky, but just the way it's filmed. Yeah. And some of the things... Like, the one... The part where... The bad guy, Keasley, mm-hmm. makes the dude walk across glass. Oh, yeah. And then just, like, stabs him in the back and sucks his water out. Yeah. Then right after that, he walks across the glass himself. So he was already not wearing shoes? Or did he take <laughs> off his shoes? And it's like, wait, was he not wearing shoes this whole time? Because he was prepared for this exact scenario? What do you think their janitorial services for the water power company? Do you think that they like really have to scrub and clean to make sure that the floors oh, are... Yeah, you think that guy's... Because because the guy's just walking around barefoot all the time? <laughs> yeah. Like it's Rule number one, all right? The owner, barefoot. He's that way all the time. What are you doing, Bozo? We can barely <laughs> afford water. You think I can afford shoes? Yeah. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Yeah, oh, but... and then uh, the... There's another one we were watching. It's the last, the final fight scene. 
okay. when the Rippers are really going off and going wild. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, but there is a scene we're watching, and I'm like, and I pause for a second. I'm like, wait, did I just? And and Kendra was watching with me, and she's like, uh, his zip line, and I'm like. Yeah, and oh, so, so I rewind and watch. There was literally a scene where one of the kangaroos like jumps on a car or something, yeah. and you can clearly see his like harness rig, the line for his <laughs> harness rig. Like it's not even they kind of they didn't paint it out or anything like that. That's funny. No. That's I didn't catch that actually. I didn't catch that at all. Uh, I think so. I I will say this. I thought that the movie was fun. It was fun. Once I got into the groove and the swing of the movie, I was like, all right. I'm having fun watching this. It's kind of silly. I was going into it not really knowing anything. I didn't watch any previews. I have somehow been completely oblivious to this movie my entire life, other than knowing what the cover of the movie looked like. Yeah. That's it. So I wasn't sure if we were walking into a comedy or just an action film. I had no idea. Sure. Um, so, So with that, I was like, all right, it's kind of got a punk rocker vibe or at least the main character does oh it's very punk rock for sure yeah and um i just don't think that i was expecting it to be quite as abrasive in its content abrasive just it was very upfront about about the ludicrousy of everything about it yeah like like it wasn't subtle at all it was just a silly movie about a girl who fights this water punk like company just becomes a hero yeah <laughs> yeah um, and is in love with big guns and just be making trouble she just likes causing trouble she's yeah. fun and that's that i think at the beginning it was what was throwing oh. me off a little bit because her whole f- like so whatever society she's living with whatever house like i think it was more than just a family it was kind of like a small little community it seemed that way that she was living with at the beginning of the movie they're siphoning water or they're collecting water somehow and then they get attacked by the com- by the company which is it water and power is that the name of the company yep okay. they control most of the water and they got all the power yeah <laughs> pretty on the nose <laughs> um but they just raid the place and just murder everybody basically and right before that happens they have her like they they establish that People kind of come to her and they like there's a little girl that uses her or le- kind of looks at her as some type of maybe not a mentor figure, but definitely a big sister. Yeah. And Sam. Yeah. And then you've got her boyfriend, I think, is is in it. And you see that they're pretty happy together. And then just like all that's wiped out. Yeah. They're kind of living like a nomad community st- lifestyle, just trying to stay their whole thing is they're just trying to stay under the radar yeah. of water and power because mm-hmm. these guys are dicks. Yeah. So and then she can't. Basically, that's the whole the ignition point for the whole story is she can't hide anymore. Yeah. They've come for her. They take her captive and she refuses to break. She. Yeah. I think that that's the thing that threw me off about it was that she just through the entire movie, she's making little witty one liners. Yeah. And. <laughs> And just saying things that, and I'm thinking, man, if my whole village just got like decimated and shot to shit, I don't know if I would be that way at all. But it it didn't seem like it phased her. Yeah. No, she's a very, I think, prototypical uh, feminist punk rock type character. Yeah. Yeah. I think that those types of choices as far as how she responds to situations Mm -hmm. are pretty... Uh, pretty pointed and intentional yeah i think it's also very 90s with because that's you know i had to remind myself that this was in the 90s and that that's kind of how some movies like this was the era of girl power and spice girls oh my gosh the spice girls movie yeah i forgot that that existed um so there is a legend with this movie during the casting of this movie there is a picture of two of the Spice Girls before they were in Spice Girls in line for the audition. Uh. So the um, the legend is that two of the Spice Girls actually met at this Tank Girl audition. Huh. And then did they decide to form Spice Girls? I guess that's the I guess that's the implication. That's interesting. Kind of after that. Now some people 
I didn't read a whole lot into this, but sure. some people have suspected that it was kind of like a publicity stunt. Oh, okay. I don't know why that would be a publicity. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But Which... in any case, there is a, a picture of two of the Spice Girls at the audition. Do you know which ones? No. Oh, okay. I did not. Right. I mean, I could probably look it up. But I was just I was, curious. Yeah, yeah, I'd be curious to see which ones it was. Not that I am a diehard Spice Girl fan and know exactly which one's which, but I'd just be curious. I wonder if David Beckham's wife is one of them. Yeah, maybe. Because she was, I think, posh Spice. Dude, one time we tried to play a drinking game where we watched Spice World, okay. the Spice Girls movie, mm-hmm. and we were like, we're going to take a shot every time they say girl power. <laughs> Okay. They say it like once in the whole movie. Oh, really? It was, yeah, it, it was horrible. We just ended up <laughs> drinking. Because <laughs> we were like, somebody had watched it as a kid and was like, they say it constantly. They say it like the whole way throughout the movie. Yeah. They just had like a false memory, like That's a Mandela so- effect <laughs> of them saying girl power a bunch of times. And we watched it and they said it like once. <laughs> <laughs> so... So was it just you and your buds watching it? Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. That's this, so funny. We were probably like 19 or 20 at the oh time. Oh my gosh. So it's just a bunch of guys sitting around with beers watching Spice Girls. At what point did you realize we're just watching Spice Girls? Was it was it like... Like 40 minutes into the movie <laughs> when they had only said it once. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't realize that Emma Watson was in this movie. Naomi, Naomi. I'm sorry, uh, Naomi Watt. Naomi Watts. Naomi Watson. Emma Watson. Good lord, she's probably like. Two. Yeah, I had no idea. I saw the name on the credits, and I'm like, she's not Jet, is she? Yeah. And then I started watching. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. That's Naomi Jet. Watts. Yeah. Young. I Naomi mean, Watts, yeah. one of her first her first roles. movies. Yeah. yeah. I looked on the IMDb, and it was like she had maybe four or five credits prior to that. What a way to start your career. I feel like. I feel like, oof. I mean, she went on to do quite a bit of good things. Yeah. But yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, this not a great way to start her career. I mean, I don't know. I did not look into this for sure. But Lori Petty, who plays Tank Girl, mm-hmm. I have to assume this may have not been great for her career because she has not really been in much of anything. The most notice noticeable thing that I know of mm-hmm. outside of Tank Girl is she had a a small role on Orange is the New Black for a couple of seasons. And she played a pretty similar character. She played like a schizophrenic prisoner. Okay. She she was pretty big in the early 90s. Like, she was one of the main characters in Free Willy. And Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And um, she was also in A League of Their Own. I don't know if you remember that movie about the women's baseball. I've seen it a long time ago. Um, I watched like two episodes of the Amazon remake. Remake They've turned it it into like a series. I hate that they're doing that with movies. Anyway, um, because they've been doing that with a lot of movies. Yeah. And just turning them into full. You know what would be great? Let's take this hour and a half and turn it into eight hours. (laughs) <laughs> extrapolate on yep. especially uh, something like that which is like a critically acclaimed and loved such a good movie film yeah like, there's no need do it with something like like actually so fun fact about tank girl uh-huh. we were watching this once again and kendra said she really gives me harley quinn vibes and i'm and and i was like well i mean this kind of came out i mean harley quinn i'm sure was a character but she had certainly never been on screen as a character, probably. So Har- came out. Harley Quinn was created in the animated Batman series. Oh, wow. Okay. Which was mid 90s. I think 94 was when okay. that came out. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But in any case, um, as I was looking into this movie, the creator of Birds of Prey mm-hmm. said she pulled very heavily from Tank Girl for some of the themes and concepts for that movie. That's interesting. So, I was like, that makes sense that they, because she basically had Margot Robbie kind of model yeah. Harley Quinn, sure. in, at least in some ways, off of Tank Girl and off her Tank personality. Girl. That's interesting. And Margot, the reason I got got on this line is Margot Robbie, her production company, um, I believe, bought the rights to Tank Girl. So there is a possibility of a reboot with Margot Robbie Tank as Tank Girl. Yeah, or at least from her least production from her. company. Okay, that'd be. That was in 2019, it said. Now, I imagine, like, many things, even if she did have plans for it, probably got put on the back burner because sure. yeah, there was this, there was some sniffles going around in 2020. So, yeah, I yeah. don't know if you heard about anything Minor about it. Minor stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> the old plandemic. <laughs> that's, just a, that's just a fun thing I like to say. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's as far as rebooting, this is the type of thing that should be rebooted. Yeah. Not yeah. League of Their Own. Yeah. Yeah, she was um she was the younger sister in a League of Their Own. So like the main the main character who went on to be in such great films such as Stuart Little and be the mom in Stuart Little. Um, <laughs> she who was like the awesome baseball star. Uh her sister played the catcher and then she ended up going to the other team at the at the end of it. So Lori Petty, I think, has good annoying little sister vibes. Oh yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, and she was also in point break with Keanu. I have actually never seen that. Oh, that's a pretty solid bank heist I, movie. I'm familiar with it. That's yeah. one he he like goes undercover as like a surfer. Yeah. I'm familiar with the basic yeah. premise and tropes of it. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bunch of surfer bank robbers and they wear president masks when they rob banks. Very 90s. Yeah, they just call each other <laughs> Nixon and Clinton and, you know, all whatever masks that they're wearing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I. I think after that, though, or after this movie, I can't really think of anything that she's been in of note, I guess, except for Orange is the New Black. Yeah, like I said, and that was a, I would say, a small role. She had a, an appearance in a handful of episodes, and she okay. played, once again, a, I wonder, my thinking is she may have gotten typecast, because the only other thing I know her in is Orange is the New Black, and she's playing a schizophrenic, <laughs> like, manic prisoner that's interesting she's kind of like plays like the same she's basically playing tank girl yeah. if tank girl was old and sad and locked away in prison <laughs> <laughs> in that show that's the role she plays taken away from her ripper it, boyfriend it's a good role yeah and she's also you know 20 years later she's probably sure in 50s yeah uh, something that struck me as strange was that the movie was rated r but i didn't see anything really that was like oh this makes it an r-rated film yeah i think just the language and probably the some of the suggestiveness of it i guess i would say have have our morals sunken so much to depravity that that would just be a pg-13 movie now yeah i think (laughs) it, it would be and honestly it'd be probably on the edge yeah because a lot of I, I do think a lot of it's just the suggestive language. Yeah. Even though there's no, I guess there's a little bit of nudity when they're in the, when she goes oh, to liquid, when she goes to liquid silver. Yeah. And there's the whole dance routine. There is some, yeah. there is some nudity in that. I forgot about that. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, and apparently, so with this movie, first of all, it is directed by a lady named Rachel Tallaby. So, other film she's directed is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. I'm assuming that's a Freddy Krueger flick. Sound, sounds like it. Uh, Ghost in the Machine. Okay. And A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Uh, that okay. was in 2020. <laughs> so they got, and then she's done a lot of TV. She's directed episodes of Band of Gold, Allie McBeal, Boston Public. Okay. So it seems like after, after Tank Girl, she kind of went into film directing for a while sure and like tv episodes and stuff. a babysitter's guide to monster hunting was 2020 so it seems like she did a while before she came back into it okay um and the con it's based on a comic written by guys i don't know you're a comic guy so you may recognize these names alan martin and jamie hewlett uh I, i believe alan martin was just a writer jamie hewlett has worked on some other comics uh tank girl judge dread sooner or later oh man judge dread's great hell city Holligan's haircut doom patrol doom patrol that's some dc stuff right there yeah and it looks like he does the art and then i'm guessing alan martin was the writer on this i did i did like a lot of the the weird artwork panels that separated scenes Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. It is very cool. It does make the movie yeah. in many ways. Yeah. So another interesting fact. So what I was getting at was all three of these people, Rachel, the director, and then Alan and Jamie, the writers of the creators of the comic. Of the comic okay. Um, this movie kind of left a bad taste in all of their mouths because basically hmm. the director, she had a lot more ideas and they 
The studio forced her to cut a bunch of scenes. Apparently there was a scene in Tank Girl's room and there was a ton of dildos. Okay. <laughs> um, the scene where uh, Hilsey or whatever his name is, is torturing her. It was much longer. Oh. And the studio's note was that it made her look too ugly. Because I guess they really beat her up. Oh, wow. And they were like, okay. it makes her look too ugly. You got to cut it. Told told her to cut a bunch of scenes. In addition, they also just didn't film a bunch of scenes that they either they forgot. Uh, so Hewlett and like Martin. Parts, parts of the story? Yeah. Hewlett and okay. Martin said their, their uh, quote was that they straight up forgot to film the scenes just left them out so we had to animate those scenes so those cool animations oh, were holy done smokes. because they didn't film the scenes now whether or not it was actually forgotten or simply cut because it was a pretty small budget yeah or that animation reason, though it's awesome it's, it's so good and it's, it's such super a, smooth and has a unique look to it it's very cool yes yeah it's one of the cooler parts of the movie yeah but yeah this whole project left a bad taste in all the creators mouths so i do think this movie tends to feel a little disjointed and kind of all over the place yeah and it seems like nobody was on the same page mm. the the studio the director and the creators of the comic, as well as the writer of the screenplay, they've all kind of said there was a bunch of different voices and nobody could really agree on anything. That's and when shame. they would start to agree on something, the studio would say, cut it. It's too, we're trying to get an R here. <laughs> and you're, you can't put dildos in it and things like that. Yeah. So if it does seem disjointed, I think that's that. I mean, that would make why. sense if, if people can't agree with anything. Um, or agree on anything if, but, if the director and the writers are fighting with the producers or the production company that yeah in yeah and, and that's I, frustrating and i think it is it is funny though that like you said those comic panels yeah. in the cutscenes, they're so awesome i don't they're think very that, cool. i don't think this movie would be memorable at all if it wasn't for those animated cutscenes, genuinely. Yeah. They make the movie, that and the soundtrack. Soundtrack's pretty solid. Curated by Courtney Love. Oh, geez. Okay. So, so where was I mean, this? Say what you will about, <laughs> I mean, she's the original tank girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> where, yeah. So say, say what you will about her. When it comes to music, I mean, she does have some knowledge and talent there, especially yeah. when it comes to like a feminist punk rock vibe. Sure. She's all yeah, over She it. brings out the big guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a crazy person. She knows crazy. <laughs> I heard w that there was a lot of money spent on a kangaroo apparatus. That's one of the scenes that got cut. Okay. So Booger. Yeah. The uh, kangaroo that Tank Girl kind of had a little bit of a relationship with. Sure. They had a full nude scene with him a post <laughs> they called it a post coital scene oh, okay so they're like which you bed. did get you actually did get the post coital scene where they're like laying there yeah like looking up mm -hmm. um that originally the kangaroo was fully naked <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird it's such a weird thing i will say that the the re they were reapers right that's what they called them? yep the reapers it's a cool name first of all but the prosthetics and the animatronics of their outfits were amazing it took two people to control the ears yeah two people while they didn't use any special effects or uh like animated effects right because this this is in the age of like prime i don't think that it was jim henson but like prime jim henson animatronics like teenage mutant ninja turtle movies because that was done in the late 80s slash early 90s dark crystal stuff like, it was really, really impressive. Yeah. Well, and the guy who did it, his name is Stan Winston. Okay. His prior work includes, and you'll it'll make sense why it looks so good, the Terminator films. Okay. Aliens and Jurassic Park. Wow. Wow. Okay. So he, I guess, was a fan of the Tank Girl comics and okay. really wanted to be part of this project. So he charged half of the price he normally would specifically Man. just to be a nice guy just so that he could be part of the project that's cool 
That's really cool. Because he was like, it has to fit in their budget. And yeah. by the way, I mean, they didn't do so good on their budget anyway. Right. They spent like $29 million making this, and they made $6 million off it. Oh, that's... So this movie was bombed. a big bombed. flop. Yeah. That... that... So... I heard, I heard that, it, that it flopped, and then I thought, well, what other movies came out in its time? All right. So I looked up that it was 1995. Oh, yeah. I love doing this. What are some other and good movies from 95? Honestly, 1995 might be the best year for cinema history for somebody our age. Oh, God. This is going to make Tank Girl look so bad. What else came out in 95? Okay. The movie Seven. Okay. The movie The Usual Suspects. Also, Toy Story. Also, Apollo 13. Also, Braveheart. As well as Die Hard. Billy Madison, the movie Heat with Al Pacino and Val Kilmer and Robert Holy De Niro. Holy cow. I think, was Robert De Niro in that? Or was that just Al Pacino and... I don't know. Or, off the top think, of my head. Oh, you know, I think it was I think it was De Niro and, and Kilmer. They're the same guy to me, so I don't <laughs> care either way. Also, the movie <laughs> Casino, like one of the best gangster films ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, just my own personal little nod is Batman Forever. Not that, not that that's a great one, but... Like, all of those movies came out in 1995. Wow. Yeah, so... <laughs> so then, then you've got Tank Girl that comes out. No wonder it didn't do well. Yeah. It had to be going up against one of those. That's basically an indie film compared to the rest of them. Yeah. And this wasn't necessarily, like, a big budget. Right. It, it was smaller, though. But, it was from a big studio, but it was a small budget movie. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't... But How could these, it competed against These are that? classics, like, of, of all the different genres that we watch. Like, Braveheart? Freaking A, man. Genuinely, you just named some of the best movies ever made. I think a yeah. lot of people would agree that some of the movies you just named are easily in their top ten movies. Right? That's crazy. So, anyway, for what it's worth, I, I don't know if Tank Girl had a chance against all of that. I don't know where it was in that lineup as far as, you know, the timeline throughout the year of what it was specifically going against. But that's more than 12 movies. Um, I think that it just, it just, yeah, it was going against some big hitters. Yeah. That's wild. Well, we did talk about the cast a little bit. Yeah. Because I think any of the flaws with the film, I think very little of it falls on the, on the cast, in my opinion. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like I love once again I love Laura uh, Laurie Petty yeah I think she's perfect for this role I mean yeah. I think she makes that role I would agree honestly yeah. and even Naomi Watts mm-hmm. I mean she's she's an all star she is horrors yeah you have what's Kesey uh, Malcolm McDowell Malcolm McDowell yeah great villain S- such a good bad guy yeah such a good bad guy. And he's another one where they were like, we want him to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. The director was like, we want him to be the bad guy and went to MGM. Like, can you ask him? Thinking there's no way he's going to do this movie because <laughs> he's already an established yeah. actor at that point. And he just says yes. And he signed on to do it. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, of all course, the Rippers. I love the Rippers. Yeah. The Rippers. Honestly, I think that they were the highlight for me. It's it's they're so silly that yeah. <laughs> they're like <laughs> They're reincarnated, yeah, like spirits and, of people. Yeah, and Ice T was one of the Rippers. He was okay. Yeah. So, so back when when we were talking about the Warriors of Virtue, like episodes ago, and you brought up, are you talking about Ice T? Yeah, I was like, and you were probably so confused. I really, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Because again, with Tank Girl, had no idea that there were kangaroo people in this movie. Of course, I had yeah. no idea. Honestly, Warriors of Virtue could probably take a couple of notes at how awesome these kangaroo people looked. Yeah. They, they were really, really well done. And didn't, wasn't um one of the guy, is his name Booger? Yeah. Booga, something like that. Was he the one who was a dog in a yep. past life? Yeah, he was a dog in a past They were like, so the one guy is, um, what's the beat poet? Uh, I don't remember his name. Gosh. I can't remember his name, but the person he was reincarnated from was oh, yeah. the beat poet. Yeah. Uh, Kinsberg? I think Kinsberg. so. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> that guy's so funny. He plays the saxophone. Yeah. They're just like sitting around and they're like, all right, let's go ahead and pray. And then he just pulls a saxophone out from under the table and just starts, starts playing jamming. some smooth jazz. Love that guy. Ice-T. 
Please. I was also I was wrong. I thought this was Ice T's acting debut. Okay. He had like twenty credits before this. New Jack City. What? Um yeah. I didn't realize that. Some of them it seemed like they were movies that he made. Okay. Like maybe music videos or something. Mm, Okay. Um, but he definitely had some serious acting credits before this. I didn't realize that he had that prolific of an acting career. I thought it was like this and then whatever law and order part he's on. Yeah. That, that's all I know. No, he has been. some, yeah, okay. he has a number of acting credits. Okay. And I mean, I, I love Ice-T. He's so much fun. Yeah. Like, this is kind of the perfect movie for him because I don't think he's an awesome actor. I think he's good at playing Ice-T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's good he's at being the persona of Ice-T and you know what you're getting when yeah it's kind of like like seth rogan yeah i mean different but seth rogan is good at playing seth yeah the seth yeah yeah so ice ice t is the same way he's good at playing ice (laughs) t yeah yeah all in all i thought it was it was pretty good there were just some parts where i was like i don't understand why this is happening the the music video portion of the movie where they're all dancing i did kind of laugh at the part where the rippers were trying to interrogate tank girl and jet girl (laughs) (laughs) they're just giving them laughing gas yeah and and like while that's happening they're trying to just take the gas and they're like fighting over it and trying to gas themselves yes and they're just like how much they pay you to spy on us and she goes two dollars and fifteen cents (laughs) there are some great one-liners in here i read a little bit about you know, going through the Wikipedia, looking up some info on this. Uh-huh. And there was a criticism that said, like, a lot of the one-liners really felt short and didn't have the zing that they were supposed to. And I was like, I disagree. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the highlights of the movie is... I, yeah, is I would agree Tank with Girl's that. one-liners, Tank one-liners. And her, her zingers. Like, they're not particularly smart. No. But the way she delivers them yeah. is adorable. She's she's a rascal. She's a real rascal. Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and did that... Okay, so there was a part where the... Kesey, is that the villain's name? I believe so, yeah. Or Kessley. Kessley, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Kessley, at the very end, was like, you need to say that I won. And she's like, I won. And he's like, no, I won. Say <laughs> I won. Yeah. And, and I remember doing that as a child in elementary school. Yeah. So did did that. I wonder if that was the movie picking that up from the culture of the time or if the culture took that. You know what? Probably since the movie made 10 or six million dollars, probably it was pulling off the culture. Yeah. Now that certainly. I'm saying that out loud. Yeah. Once again, she has. <laughs> She really does have annoying little sister energy. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of her yeah. whole vibe. Because when that happened, I was like, really? That's that's what's happening right now? Yeah. It's like a first grade argument that's happening. Yeah, some of them are quite cheesy. One of my favorite ones is the she's working as slave labor, like hauling buckets. Mm-hmm. And he's like, get moving. And she's like, what, what time are we going to be done? I don't want to miss Roseanne oh, or yeah. something like that. And he just <laughs> kicks a bucket on her head. <laughs> Dude, she's so likable. She is yeah. so likable and wacky. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a fun movie. Um, I don't know if I would want to watch it again anytime soon, but I could definitely see myself sitting down in a group and watching the movie, like having a good time watching the movie and laughing about it while the movie's on. For sure. Yeah, this is a fun one. Yeah. And I'll be honest. Because, and folks, I apologize if you haven't watched it yet. We originally said it's free on YouTube with ads. It was. And as of like a week ago, it no longer is. Yeah. Um, so I actually had to go. It's on like Tubi and yeah. Voodoo. Um, I ended up just going to Amazon Prime and renting it oh, for okay. like three bucks. Gotcha. Which wasn't bad. And yeah. Kendra was like, why don't you just buy it? It's an extra three bucks to buy it. And I was like, because... Although I love this movie, I pretty much know it by heart, and yeah. I'm not just going to flick it on. Sure. I was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I don't need to watch it yeah. again. Not because <laughs> not because it's a great film and you have to watch it continuously. Or Yeah, yeah. Exactly. not a Desert Island. She said, is this a Desert Island movie? And I was like, no. Gotcha. Because it, I don't feel like it has a ton of rewatchability okay. to it. Is that... As that, an adult, anyway. As that, a kid, I... 
all the time, but <laughs> right. as an adult, no. So is Desert Island one of those movies for you? I don't know what does. Are you talking about Castaway? You just said Desert Island. You said, is it a Desert Island movie? Yeah. What does that mean? You've never played Desert Island? What are we talking about, Thor? Okay. So Desert Desert Island movie. So say you get shipwrecked okay. and you are now going to spend the rest oh, of your life on a okay. desert island in and a castaway style situation. And this you is get a to bring, that you bring three movies with you. Gotcha. And you have a working TV and DVD player. You yeah. get to bring three movies with oh, you. Okay. What do you bring? Okay. Yeah. Now now I'm familiar. I, I thought that you were talking like about a movie called Desert Island. Oh no. <laughs> Gotcha. Like, like, I'm not sure what movie that is. What movie is that? Um, well, while we're on the subject, what's a Desert Island movie for you? Like, what are what are three movies that that, uh, you, that you bring so with you? Here's my list. Okay. Um, my first one is Back to the Future. Okay. Because I think it's a fun movie that you can just rewatch. I I could rewatch that movie a number of times. It's just a fun watch. It's kind of mindless. Okay. Um, I got to go with an Adam Sandler comedy. All right. I'm going The Wedding Singer. That's an interesting Adam Sandler pick. It's one of my, that one's probably my favorite. Okay. It has John Lovitz in it. And it's probably because John Lovitz is the, he's like the, one of the funniest people alive. And his role <laughs> in that is so great. He's like an opposing wedding singer. Yeah. Um, he's so funny in that movie. Doesn't even <laughs> play a huge role. Right. I, I love that movie. I rewatched that recently. It holds up. Okay. It's good. All Young right. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Adam Sandler. It's great. The third one, I'm not sure. You want something sad. Like, you can't pick a great movie. Like, There Will Be Blood. That's an incredible movie. Sure. But how many times can you rewatch that? Yeah, not movie? often. Um. So, for like, kind of like a sad, emotional movie... This one I'm always stuck on, and I kind of flip-flop on what what it would be. Okay. Yeah, what are you feeling right now? You know what? I'm just going another fun movie, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> That's another movie. League the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen for a Desert Island movie? All right. I will rewatch that movie a million times. I don't care. If it's okay. on, I will watch it. It's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I just, you can't sink your teeth into something too serious. Yeah. Over and over, over again. And, yeah. Actually, maybe, no, you know what? I changed it. Castaway. That's real meta, Thor. Because, That's because real I'll meta. be like, I'd be like, oh, this guy, he knows what I'm going through. <laughs> I can relate to No, this. actually, no, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. All right, I'm gonna change my. All right, so I, I've, I'm locked in. I'm locked. I'm loaded. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, but I'm locked and loaded. Forrest Gump. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Wedding Singer. All right. Forrest Gump. I would say all solid picks. Yeah, all solid picks on that one. Yeah, that's very interesting. What um, about what about you? Oh, um. So I, I like older superhero flicks i don't know how much of a fan i am with a lot of the mcu stuff that's coming out now i kind of feel like it's there's so much of it and i don't when you just start to get a lot of it it's hard to make all of it great yeah and but the early mcu stuff was really really good and i feel like a a good one that kind of encapsulates all of that would be captain america civil war okay i'd probably put that one in my list just because it's got so many of the heroes it's got the introduction of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And that that one's a storyline that just moves. Yeah, it just goes. And the, like Iron Man has a pretty big role. Captain America's got a pretty big role. All of the other superheroes are in it. That's I, kind of the height of that arc of yeah, the MCU. That's the best one, in my opinion. I Hot take. I think it's better than Infinity War. And I think it's better than Endgame. Okay. Yeah, I'm done with that. I didn't like Endgame, so I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't really like superhero movies anymore. They've just begun to bore me. So I'm yeah, on yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. So so I would say probably Captain America: Civil War. Um, similar to you with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where if that's on, you just have to watch it. I'm that way with a movie called Maverick with Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster, and it's a western, and it's the best western. I have never seen that. Okay. You might have to eventually. I might force you. Okay, yeah. I always like to make sure and tell you when I haven't seen stuff just because yeah. 
Yeah, so you might need, uh... it's it's a western, and it's got everything that you want in a western. It's got poker. It's got shootouts. It's got like nice romance. Uh, it's got comedy. It's got everything. Like everything. It's about this guy named Maverick who's trying to um, get money that he's owed by all these other outlaws. And they owe him money for various deals in the past. And he wants to use this money as a buy-in for a big stakes poker tournament. Nice. That's that, awesome. That sounds like playing a playing a couple hours of Red Dead. Oh, that man. That sounds it, pretty fun. It's such a good movie. And in the 90s, that was on TV just randomly all the time. It's one of those movies that like TV studios bought the rights to. So it would just show up. So yeah, definitely Maverick would be one. And then for a good serious flick, I don't really know on that one. Maybe maybe Last of the Mohicans. I'd probably put Last of the Mohicans in there. Okay. That's one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Yeah, that's another one we've talked. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of The Godfather as well. I don't know which one is my favorite out of those two. But The Godfather's kind of long and it has a little bit of a, a lull in the storyline it's like two and a half hours long and it's got some slower paced stuff think last of the mohicans again got action got romance got an amazing soundtrack i think you got a little bit of a classier list than i do if we're being honest (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know about that i have a gutter palette i think (laughs) i i think probably last of the mohicans is the classiest out of all those movies i mean civil war is just superhero garbage and Maverick is is a good movie, but it's I don't think it's by any means something that the critics would say. Oh, this was great. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. I thought it was great, and I in it to me it holds up, but I don't think that it's um, critically acclaimed. It was before the downfall of Mel Gibson, so people still liked Mel Gibson when this was coming out. But anyway, um, back to Tank Girl. Yeah, back to Tank Girl. This was fun. That was fun. Though. Off that was, the desert that was a island. nice little. Yeah, we've gotten off the desert island. <laughs> now we're into. There's still no water. We're in a desert. We're still, <laughs> we're still in a desert. Yeah, just in Australia now. That's where it takes place, right? I think it's America. Maybe I don't. I genuinely have no idea. I feel like it'd have to be Australia because of the kangaroos. Oh, maybe that would make sense because they were like genetically modified, right? Yeah, I guess Tanker was like the only one who didn't have an English accent. Her and the Rippers. Yeah, I don't know if it, the accents definitely were not consistent through through the movie. No, for sure, because Naomi Naomi Watts didn't have an English or a. Did she have an accent? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if she is Australian or English. I, I, think I genuinely don't know that she's English. But, but yeah, she def- she definitely had an accent. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. Oh, yeah. They were kind of all over the place. Yeah. I think McDowell had an accent. I think Jet did. Yeah. I'm not sure about anybody else. What do you think of the tank? We've been talking all about everything else oh. in Tank Girl. All right. Dude, the ta- you got to love the tank. Yeah. The tank in Tank Girl. Was it remote controlled? Did it have a mind of its own? Because there's a lot of scenes where Tank it's Girl- It's just doing what she wants. Yeah. Is not in the tank- and the tank's just going. It's just driving. Like, she's riding it like a surfboard. She's riding the, whatchamacallit, the barrel of the tank itself <laughs> yeah, so as cool. a surfboard. And I, the whole time, I'm like, who's they, driving this? They never explain that. Yeah. Ever. I'm kind of glad they don't. It just does what she wants. <laughs> it's her tank. It just yeah. follows her command. Yeah. And she never has, like, a remote control or anything. So right. I'm guessing she controls it with her mind. That's a pretty powerful superpower. Maybe it is. Maybe she is... A superhero. Maybe. And her power is she can control tanks. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, no army would go against you. All right, so a fun fact about the tank. Uh, the tank used in the film is a modified M5A1 Stewart. It was purchased from the government of Peru about 12 years prior to the filming, had already been used in several films. Among numerous modifications made for Tank Girl, the tank's 37 mil meter anti-tank gun was covered with a modified flagpole to give the appearance of a 105 millimeter gun so essentially they they lengthened the actual snout of the the barrel and an entire 1969 cadillac eldorado was added to the tank (laughs) 
with the rear <laughs> section welded at the back and the fender welded to the front. So they took an Eldorado and welded it to this tank and then painted it crazy. That's wild. What's a water company doing with a tank? Well, they were like power. Also. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah I like guess. Like military so. power. Military. <laughs> I guess. And actually, all those scenes in Water and Power were filmed in like an abandoned strip mine in Arizona. So the way they figured out their sets yeah. is they would just walk around this. Like they got permission. Sure. But they would just walk around this abandoned mine. And, That's pretty hard. And start shooting the scenes there. They had to stop shooting one of the days because there was a chemical leak. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it was an open pit mine. And they're like, we're going to film our movie here, which was perfect. Yeah. I would say of the highlights of this movie, I think the scene, like the actual sets mm-hmm. are definitely one of them. They made some really cool sets. Yeah, the sets were definitely and, pretty And most of them they didn't make. They, they were just actually found, just they were actually yeah, dystopian area line. like abandoned stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think that I read somewhere that the because I was looking into the artwork a little bit, and I I read that the creator or the artist from Tank Girl went on to help create the Gorillas. The Gorillas? Yeah, the band, the Gorillas. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Hold on. I got his Wikipedia pulled up here. Uh, Janice or Jamie Hewlett. But if you if you look at the artwork of Tank Girl and the artwork that you saw, like of I, the still images, I see music. Uh, music projects include Gorillas, yeah, Monkey, Journey to the West. That's wild. So I guess so. You mean like he did the art with for them? I think so. Okay. I mean, well that that's what I just presumed because he's the artist for the comic book. So I figured, oh, he probably did the character design or something like that for yeah. the gorillas. I don't I'm know saying, if he's a musician in the band, but yeah. Well, his so it says music and his music projects include gorillas, monkey, journey to the west, and then it says the front and back cover as well as additional booklet art for. Uh, have you ever listened to MSI? Mindless self indulgence. I know the name, but I don't think I've ever. They're kind of like a weird them. like techno metal band okay. from like the early two thousands. They're pretty cool yeah i mean it's it's odd i don't actually i don't know if it's cool it's been a long time since I listened to it. <laughs> but it's kind of like tweaker music pretty much okay so he did some art for there the back cover of a band called the good the bad and the queen okay and guitar man logo for the annual royal albert hall week of concerts okay so probably so, that's what he did with the gorillas then he probably did he character probably did. design yeah well yeah because that was like a big part of them right is that they were just animated that's what yeah i went to their whole thing i went to see them live before they revealed like who they were i mean everybody knew who they were they were a super group but i went to see them live and they were still committed to being an animated group they played but they had a giant screen in front of them and i saw them at the electric factory in philadelphia so they had this giant screen in front of them and they were backlit so you saw the silhouettes of the people playing and then above that screen were basically music videos, all animated videos of okay, each song cool. that they played. I love the the artwork for the Gorillas, especially their first two albums. Yeah, dude, I remember when that came out. It yeah. was like... And one of their main songs is called M1A1, About a Tank. Oh, it is. Yeah. It all fits together. Yep. So I guess we go to final thoughts, ratings. Sure. Any take backs, anything you regret? Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything I regret. Okay, good. Yeah, and yeah, no, it was it was a fun it was a fun watch. It it took me like a half of the movie to realize that I was enjoying the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> so, but from there I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. Like it's just it's silly, and I'm taking the movie for what it is. It took my brain a little bit to register its thoughts while I was watching it. Okay. Yeah. But all in all, I liked it. All right. If you had to rank it on a scale of one to ten mutated kangaroo people. Ooh, okay. Let's see. I, I think I'm going to give it a six and a half mutated kangaroo people. I oh. think that on a scale of one to ten, seven is a solid film that is adequately good, but not great but not awful and five 
is at the point where you're like, this is not very good. And I think that six, six and a half mark is where the movies that are not technically good films, but you may have enjoyed, I feel like that's where they fall. Okay. So that seems so fair. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. I don't know which of the kangaroo people are ripped in half, but six and a half kangaroo people. <laughs> well, there was only six in the film, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was like, "Yeah, I'll do your costume you know for half you for know half my normal cost, but I ain't doing a bunch I, of them." Yeah, so so we're gonna do uh, six kangaroos then, and then and then uh, Kesley's head. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, for, that's that's the half for the half. Yep. <laughs> Is that stupid? <laughs> that stupid thing where like that guy, that weird doctor, the weird Asian doctor, like replaces his head. Yeah. Oh, okay. It puts a hologram in his head. It makes no sense. <laughs> also, also, this was something I was like, okay, this was a part. I, I got to rant about this. After he gets his arm cut off and his head cut off, you don't see him. For He he then becomes this villain that is kind of like menacingly never shown. Like you see his, his claw hand, yep. right? But you never see his face. And so you're like, oh man, like he, he, get, he gets jacked up. Like he looks uh, cyborg because he's got a metal claw hand with like weird drills coming out of his arms. And then they do the face reveal. It's just his face. <laughs> That's it. It was just his face. And like, then she throws something through it and it goes, whoa, yeah. because it's a hologram, it's a which hologram. makes no sense. Where's his brain? It doesn't make any. How does he talk? I guess there's a microphone in there. But but then why were you hiding his face through the whole thing? What's the point of that? It, that doesn't make a big reveal. None whatsoever. It would have been a bigger reveal if you'd have seen his face through the entire thing immediately after and be like, oh, that's weird. I thought that he like had his head replaced or had something going on. And then like he hits something thrown at his face and then it reveals that it's a hologram. But no, they're just like, we're going to hide his face. We're going to make you think that he looks all jacked up. <laughs> and then we're just going to show you his normal face. What's... Seinfeld would be like, what's up with that? What's the deal? <laughs> Mini rant done. That's all I have to no, say about it. This one is going to, this one bugged me. Okay. Th there are a lot of like weird, just small <laughs> plot holes in this movie. Sure. Things that don't make sense yeah. or whatever. So at one point when he first gets his super badass metal arm uh -huh. with all the little spinning, uh, yeah, they spinning were like, spikes on it. Yeah. He goes, there's like a steel beam. Like a thick steel beam. And he just takes it and just goes vroom, and just runs his arm through it. Perfect clean cut. Right. And then when he and Tank Girl are fighting, she holds his arm down, that same arm, with like a piece of like chain link fence or something. Oh, it's before he actually gets stuck to the metal one. But okay. she's like fighting him and she's like holding him off with like a stop sign or something telling you she had superpowers he just cut through an entire steel beam two <laughs> scenes before that with this arm with and a ease. thin tiny piece of metal handily stopped it <laughs> i didn't even think about that yeah tangirl's got powers they just didn't say it she's got superpowers you know what seven kangaroos <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven kangaroos now i'm changing it Six, all six plus another extra iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my thoughts on this movie, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I, I do think this is genuinely a good movie in the points of the cast is strong. I think the set design is strong. The, the animated cutscenes are, I think they made that movie. I genuinely don't think it would even be a cult classic without that the quality of that animation was amazing it was better than most of the effects short of the actual rippers yeah <laughs> if, i don't know how they did that especially if it was a oh crap we didn't film this part what are we gonna do let's do an animation that takes time especially at the degree of of craftsmanship that those were yeah that's not something quick that they do yeah, where I think this... So there are a lot of strong points in this movie. Where I think it falls short is, once again, it's a kind of a disjointed story. Mm -hmm. I think some scenes... Like you said, you weren't really invested until the Ripper showed up. Yeah. And that's because the first half of the movie kind of drags on. They give you a lot of exposition. They give you a lot of scenes that I feel like could be shortened or cut. 
so I, I think a lot of the problems in this film come from just kind of the way it was directed and edited. And from what the director and the writers all said was that it really was a sore point for them. I think that happens a lot in movies. I would where, yeah, probably. Um, had maybe they had a little bit more direction, given a little bit more freedom to make the movie they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, probably would have been would, better. It would have stood up to some of those other incredible movies at the time. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't. So there, there are definitely parts where this movie falls short. Mm-hmm. And like I said, as an adult, I don't think I could watch this often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> Um, so I think I think it does fall short ultimately in some of those areas, but it is worth a watch. It is so fun. Yeah, it is just a good and it's short. Yeah, it's like an hour and movie. a half, maybe. Yep. It, it's a nice. If you want to watch something lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. Lighthearted. It just have a night a popcorn flick night. This would be a good popcorn flick movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Definitely watch it with somebody else because you want to laugh and joke about the stuff that's going on. Yeah. That might be what, one of my issues was that. I knew that Ashley would have no interest in watching this, so I just watched it on my own. I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more if, if I had somebody to bounce my thoughts off of while it was while it was happening. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that's a good recommendation, Thor. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Cool. For the awesome. most part. I think it was pretty fun. So next week, what are we getting into? You know what? Next week, I'm just going to give you this name. Black Dynamite. Ooh, okay. Yep. And I've got a preface that it's the movie and not the TV show. And you can stream it on HBO. Excellent. So Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite. Any other info? Michael Jai White is in it. He wrote it. He played Spawn in the Spawn movies. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I say movies. There was only one in the Spawn movie. That was another movie that Thor as a kid really enjoyed. Yeah. That's one, though, that I watched again as an adult. Not great it doesn't really hold up. Yeah, it. we needed better visual effects for that movie. Cape visual effects were not what they <laughs> what they needed to be to make that movie cool. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, but the dude's a legit martial artist, like 100% a legit martial artist. He's been on record and he's taken some flack for saying that he could beat Bruce Lee up. Nice. Yeah. All right, I'm in. All right. So anyway, yeah, Black Dynamite, you can stream it on HBO. It is not for a younger audience by any means don't watch it with your kids if you have kids yeah pack the kiddos up to bed (laughs) for this one (laughs) all right yep all right um so that's about it if you have any recommendations we'd love to hear them we've got an email address that thor will probably have to spell for you it is getrectpod at gmail.com that's g-i-t-r-e-c-d-p-o-d at gmail.com that's right send all your recommendations let us know what you think of the show. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Does Tank Girl suck? Did we not give it enough credit? Yeah, these Whatever. are, these Whatever are all fair into. questions. Yeah. And uh, if you have anything to show us or tell us about, I mean, we'll watch it. We'll watch just about anything. Um, except for zombie strippers. I will not watch that. Yeah, no zombie strippers. I'm not. Yeah. Regular strippers. We'll talk. But uh, until next time. As always. Get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Good night, everybody.